This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the MVSP, brought to you by Bulldog Radio. My name is Joe Nagy, always joined by my co-host, Brandon Worth. Brandon, it's a beautiful day to be in the studio and talk a little bit about some college and NFL football today. Yeah, sports. They're fun <laughs> to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it's a great day to be in the studio. Obviously, mm-hmm. with the, the semesters coming to an end here, we're in our last two weeks here at Ferris State. I know some of my other friends are already done, and I'm jealous, but... We're almost there, Joe. We're almost there, and I'm being home able stretch to right now. yeah, being able to be in the studio and still be recording is a great thing. And if you haven't seen our um our virtual recording with mics and takes, boy, it is a good one. I think it's probably one of the most humorous ones we've ever did. You're gonna have to check that one out. Uh, Hot Take Friday, I believe, is the the episode name, and it's very appropriate. <laughs> starting right off the bat with a huge take about Leangelo Ball. If you want to check that out, go find them on Spotify and Apple, as well as us. But let's get into the show. Got a lot of football to discuss today, Joe. Where do we start? Well, college football, pretty eventful week, um, especially with BYU and the Shonda Clears of Coastal Carolina. A lot of people thought BYU, especially their quarterback, saying any team, any time, any place, they were going to come out swinging. But they can't hang, Brandon. And Coastal goes undefeated. BYU, I think, drops to like 15 or something like that. But pretty good game honestly I was pretty excited for it but what was your thoughts on it Brandon yeah I I was fortunate enough to uh, to catch especially the end of the game and watching that last play live Zach Wilson um throws a beautiful pass and I can't remember the receiver off the top of my head but um catch catches it at the three tries to plunge his way in and gets stopped right at the one and a half two yard line literally music city mirror or pretty much the the, the the infamous LA or the Tennessee Kevin Dyson reaching out for the goal line and being two yards short literally the same exact scenario but for me this is this was huge for Coastal I think this was it was ev- a statement game yeah. honestly they came into the game nine and zero and everybody knew they're a good football team obviously they won all their football games but obviously being in the Sun Belt not going to be the same as playing higher tier teams not saying the Mountain West is anything like a Power Five but it is a step up especially compared to the Sun Belt and they they took it to them I mean. They held Zach Wilson to 240, and that kind of sounds like, what, 240? But usually he's been able to put up 350 yards. I believe he's fourth in yards, and he's, I believe, fourth in, or third mm-hmm. in completion percentage. He's in, in the I know he's in right the, now. Uh, I know he's in the Heisman talks right now. Mm-hmm. He is in the Heisman talks, and I don't think he's ended up going to win because I think— Especially with this game, no. Yeah, I think that that they, he would have had to make a miraculous run, and they would have probably had to make the playoff for him really to solidify as a— top tier guy that could win the Heisman but still he's he played well I mean he was 19 to 30 for 240 um pretty pretty efficient day I mean he did have that interception that was yeah you you live with it but what happened after that interception I mean Coastal just burying him to the ground I was just like wow they want this game so Mm -hmm. bad like they're they're gonna take whatever they can and I mean it was just just a crazy game. Yeah, I know. Just like so many people were just doubting Coastal. But like you said, being in the Sun Belt, especially going against BYU, who has kind of a reputation of being a better team kind of in the Mountain West, it's a little bit interesting to see. Have you seen their uh, linebackers, like the interview with their two yeah. linebackers who just are absolute just units? Yeah. You got mullets and everything. <laughs> they, I mean, they fit Coastal Carolina. That's all I'm going to say. But super hey, good mo- game. Hey, mullets versus Mormons. I saw those shirts. That was actually pretty. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But really good game. I mean, Grayson McCall. He did all right. Eighty-five yards. I mean, not the best, but 
when you got Torrance Marable, who's got two TDs and 132 yards rushing, you really don't got to worry about too much on the up in the air. So pretty good game. And I mean, like I said, 80, 85 yards. So receivers weren't probably going to be able to do too much. But their running game, I don't think the BY, running game was great. BYU wasn't going to be able to stop the no, running game, especially. They stop them. I mean, hand it to whoever. Two, two got three guys over 50 yards and one guy with triple digits. That's super hard to stop. Yeah, I mean, as a team, they had 5.2 average yards per carry, and they carried it 54 times. You can do the math at home. I'll help you out. It's 281 yards, and when you get 280 yards in a football game, that's going to be pretty successful. I mean, Michigan had 250 in week one against Minnesota. Yeah, we're not going to talk about what happened after that. But you, they let, still, it, let us just have the win while we can. Yeah, that still shows you can win a football game. So, I mean, McCall didn't really have to do that much, and that's kind of it's just kind of how the game went. And I mean, like... They obviously, they they didn't try too much. I mean, you can you can compare Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson played better, which I mean he did. I mean the interception was on the hail mary at the end of the second half. So really, it really was just that's not a typical interception. That's pretty much just kind of a garbage time. Um, I wouldn't say garbage time, but you know what what's the risk of getting intercepted at the end of the half? Them running it back. I, it's it's it was just mm-hmm. a shot they wanted to take. So it was a it was a great win for Coastal Carolina. Uh, I don't think it's going to be enough to make them into the playoff because I mean just the the caliber of their conference right now and just it's not it's they're not good enough to me to make the playoff just yet. And I know they're ten and zero, but. It kind of goes along the UCF, like, oh, we're 10 and 0, we're going to take on anybody, we're national champions because we're undefeated. Kind of takes on that that concept. Yeah. So, to me, they're not quite there yet. Um, for BYU, that that does end their playoff chances. It's sad to say it because it's one game, but really, they they needed to win this game to have a shot, and they didn't. So, but they're Especially still going to have a, with, they're going to have a good season. They still had a great season. Yeah, they'll they'll most likely win their conference. But um, some more scores around the around the country, and more specifically, the Big Ten. Iowa almost gets run by Illinois, thirty five twenty one. But Iowa comes out with a big win. Indiana, Wisconsin. That was a pretty good game to watch too. Low yes. scoring, but Indiana's starting to really show that. I mean, they're a team to. That needs respect. Mm-hmm. I think Indiana right now, I mean, coming into the season, they were definitely the sleeper team. I know I talked about them a lot. And um, going into this game, you don't have Michael Penix. He's out for the season. How are you going to respond? Jack Tuttle comes in, plays good football. He didn't put up. He, and you still. I mean, he wasn't super great, but he 13 for 22 is not too shabby. No. He 130 just, yards, two he did, his, he did his job. He did his job. And that was exactly what he's supposed control to Control the football. Don't turn it over. Let the offense roll. And I mean, he was thirteen of twenty-two, one thirty. That's not like great mm-hmm. numbers, but I mean, in the in retrospect, he had two touchdowns. And you compare that to Mertz, yeah, he had more completions and more yards, but he also had a higher Q or he had a lower QBR than Tuttle did. He because he had that interception. So for Wisconsin, I think this was this was this one one was a heartbreaker because you got you got Mertz back, you got a lot of your guys back from COVID, and you finally get on the field again. And then you just you just can't do anything yeah, offensively. Yeah, it, it starts to fizzle out, and it's like, what are you gonna really do about that? But I mean, Indiana, they're just been they've been rolling. Did you see this? Did you watch? You watched the game, right? A little bit, yeah. At the end of the game, they had a stat line of all of Indiana's like big upsets this year. I think it was like they beat Michigan State for the first time, and like I think it was like more. I forget like the actual like how many years it was, but they beat Michigan State. I know they beat Michigan. Like Michigan for the first time in like twenty four meetings or something like mm-hmm. that. Be Penn State for the first time in like six, and then they're like talking about just how well they've been doing and just kind of how I mean they're solidifying themselves as one of the best teams in the nation, which is kind of interesting because Indiana football is not really known for that. And I mean, 
if Ohio State wasn't in the Big Ten, I feel like they'd be talks for conference champion, probably a little bit farther up in the in the standings. But honestly, just a really good game. Jack Tuttle, he did like we said, did exactly what he needed to do in Indiana. That was something else to see. But Ohio State and Michigan State, um, we're just gonna kind of go over it. Honestly, don't even go over it. Fifty-two to twelve, not too much to talk about. Ohio yeah. State, Ohio <laughs> State rolls. Um, Texas, I, it was kind. I mean, what else do you say? But yeah, Ohio State fifty-two, fifty-two, twelve. Ball. Probably gonna happen to Michigan. Next it was week, even so kind of sucks. And if we have a game, if we have a game, I don't want to be that guy. That's but. hopefully not because I don't want to <laughs> see. I don't want to see that on the scoreline or on hey, the stat line. But. Think about this though: if we play, we we have no expectations this time. Every year prior, we've had we don't even a got a rank decent right enough team ranked, and we've had the ability to have reasons for winning the game. Really, the way we're playing we right now, have a how our seasons went, there is no reason that we should win this game. Everyone's thinking, so why not go all in for one game and with no expectations and just win and make our season satisfaction? Everybody is saying that we're going to get rolled right now, but you know what? Hey, that you know what? If I'd rather them win, and I always ro- bet on the underdog. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm, that's just bad. That's <laughs> bad. That's a bad mindset to have, especially in gambling. But yeah. who knows? Who knows what Michigan's going to be able to do? But so, I mean, other scores too. Notre Dame, number two, stays undefeated against Syracuse. Kind of expected that. Pretty easy. Um, Oklahoma State got upset by TCU, twenty-nine to twenty-two. That was a pretty good game to watch. Um, I caught a little bit of the highlights, but um. I mean that was basically a big one. Another upset was Stanford and Washington, thirty-one, thirty-one to twenty-six. It was a pretty exciting week in college football, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was. I mean, the the TCU game, I could have seen that going just because, like Oklahoma State. Don't get me wrong, they're they're a good team, but there's times where they they frankly did not play well, and they still there like there were times where we were like, hmm, yeah, they're doing really well, but they're. There could be if this happens, then if this happens, then because they they really their their offense their offense is really like based on um, Hubbard is really who at their ba- their offense is based off of, and mm-hmm. now he him not being in the equation. Don't get me wrong, um, their backup Desmond Jackson did really well, um, but now then you have a backup quarterback, like everything that. The the fact is they they were still winning was so impressive because mm-hmm. you lose your starting quarterback and your Heisman candidate last year in rushing and you're still holding on to these games. There was a it almost seemed like that that could happen where the luck would eventually run out, which it did. And I mean TCU in that kind of a I don't want to say it's like a rivalry game, but when you have those type of regional games, there's going to be a little bit more on on the table as far as the results can entail. So yeah. Yeah, you know. I mean, if you play someone close by, there's always going to be that little any, bit of... I mean, anytime in the South, too, when two teams play each other, you know that, like, football runs deep down there. So, oh, you, know, and, yeah. you know that bragging rights are a big thing, and no matter where you're at, any team that's yeah, kind of... football in Texas is everything. That's your yeah. that's your job, that's your life, that's when your sta- family. Yeah, that's when really state, what when it is. When states are right next to each other and they have teams playing against each other, you know it's going to be a pretty big game. Yeah, and TCU, they've always been a team that can pull off those type of games but um A&M beating Auburn struggled early but they figured it out how to win that game um yeah, stay undef- stay undefeated right no 7-1 um they're 7-1 they had one loss I believe to um um I want to say it was second, let me check was here Bama um because Florida yeah Alabama they, at the start yep they lost to Bama because then Florida they beat Florida then um to keep them at the same times with Florida that's gonna be an interesting 
going around in the SEC now that Florida also will be on Tennessee on Saturday. Um, Tulsa beat Navy. They're still hanging around in the top 25. I mean, got to give them credit. Um, Iowa, big shout out to to Iowa. And after everything that's went on um, um, with the coaching scenario, with the culture around the team, everything that's going on, they're still, they've, after, and they started 0-2. They were pretty much like, oh yeah, this is the dumpster fire. Light everything up. This is over. Let's start over. And there's just a spark. I don't know what it is, but... And it's not lit in the fire, but it's lit on the field. So I don't know what that happened. But right now, I was winning football games. And they're winning football games well, especially after beating Illinois um, in that fashion. I mean, it was only two scores, but watching the game, it could it could have easily mm-hmm. been more. So yeah. um, Iowa State taking home the win against West Virginia. Michigan fans are rubbing their hands together like Matt Campbell's doing over <laughs> there. But um, they're going to be heading to a Big 12 championship. That's something they haven't done in a long time. So... That'll be pretty exciting. Um, Oregon drops a game to Cal. Just a, anything that could go wrong for Oregon happened. Yeah, it went wrong. Yeah, it was just kind of, it was just kind of a mess. I mean, I I don't want to say like like Cal outplayed them, and there really wasn't a reason they should because Oregon was by far the better team. They had a three and one record going in. Cal hadn't won a single game. They'd lost in a heartbreaker and they lost blowouts. So Oregon. It was just a rough night for Oregon. It had to come against Cal. So, I mean, really, they just couldn't score in the second yeah. half, and that, that pretty much led to yeah. the, the disaster. So, And, I mean, any time a team has more – I mean, Oregon, I think, had like 60 yards against them in penalties. Anytime you have more than yeah. 50, it's tough. Especially, and especially two fumbles that you lose, that's just a recipe for disaster. I and mean, Cal took advantage of it. So. Yeah, it was for sure. Um, one of the games that everybody's talking about, what in the world – did Alabama do to LSU? <laughs> it, was, it was not pretty. Let's what's say happened? That. At, let's just say what's happened to LSU this year. Just what in oh the world word. is that? Yeah, when you got Mac Jones with an almost hundred QBR and four touchdowns, did the other de- what? the other team's defense <laughs> <What>? have a? <laughs> it's not pretty. <laughs> let's just leave no. it at that. And I'm not saying like LSU's defense is should be that great but you knew well you knew they were going to go down in quality especially after last year losing so many guys you would I mean think. you don't have Patrick Queen anymore who's kind of like the big force on the line he was at the he's on the Ravens now you don't have basically anybody any of their kind of backfield they lost all. like literally they all lost, their guys I think they lost basically so all hard. their starters on both sides so like it's it's tough to come back from that especially when you don't have guys to fulfill that role and were like ready to and even played with like those seniors last year to kind of learn and stuff so, you know, it's definitely going to be tough. And no ma- I mean, no matter the coaching, I mean, Coach O, obviously a really good coach, but as long as you don't have guys who are ready to fill that spot and are a little bit timid, you know it's going to be a, a rough go of it. Yeah, it was, it was, it's been a rough year for LSU. I mean, Coach O has allegations on him now. Um, after, and then what? all of this after, yeah, did you hear about that? No, what happened? Um, uh, there's, there's some allegations out there that they, that, um, I don't think it's him in particular, but the LSU program has done some things wrong um, that oh. could that could violate team conduct. But really, I don't. They sound like they're just allegations. I don't. They haven't really talked about him very much. But um, mm. what what's going on with LSU is the the they're pretty much we're pretty much up to the climax in a movie, and now it's going down to the the falling action. It's kind of going downward on a spiral really quick. So it's it's rough for LSU. I think they'll be back. I think. With Coach O and that that culture, uh, obviously taking the allegations aside, like they they seem like they they really had it to go, going with Joe Burrow and um, 
Jamar Chase and uh, Justin Jefferson. That that offense. Now this team doesn't it, and then and then you take in Clyde as well. And really, now you got you're trying to roll with T.J. Finley, John Emery Jr., and Tyron Davis Price. Those guys, they're just not there yet. They they haven't played enough football to really get to that level yet, like those those previous guys have, especially NFL. I mean, you're down 44 to 14 at halftime. They there was there was literally no reason that Alabama had to rush anything. I mean, Mac Jones was fantastic. Uh, Devontae Smith, 231 yards, three touchdowns. He didn't get the 300. He promised Jerry Judy, but. <laughs> Why would you be mad at 231 yards? You still lit it up against LSU. Uh, Najee Harris, really, Alabama just pummeled them, running, passing, yeah, they, defensively. It was they it did was not, not let not out, they did not let off the gas. No, just to, to say the least, not but one bit. But it, it was a big win, insane week in college football. And as I mean, as the season's running down, teams are starting to solidify for that 14 playoff. But that brings up the discussion, Brandon, that I kind of had. Um, that I brought up for you, if we want to bring in the show, should the college football playoff be expanded? It's already done in the in the D two national football playoffs. I think it's what like twenty some teams get in the get in. It doesn't have to be that extreme to start off, but should they expand to maybe eight or twelve teams just for the first time? So that way, it kind of makes it a little bit more interesting for the regular season for those teams who are good enough to compete with those top four teams, but just don't have what it takes to get into that that sacred four spot. Yeah. Uh, first of all. Um, we can trademark it as um, a one-time um, limited edition special of Joe's debate of the day. Um, lock, lock it in. So um, Technically, it could be the question of the day. It yeah. just doesn't fit the parameters. It's debate of the day. I'll, I'll, lend, I'll lend my trademark over to Joe for two you hours. Have a question <laughs> you can have the question of the day on Wednesday. All right, cool. Um, yeah, it's the limited edition December 7th week Um Discussion flop. That's <laughs> basically what we're doing. Okay, back to college football rankings. Let's talk about that. So the playoff, right now four games. Um, expansion, to me, yes. I like it. And the reason why is with the four teams, I mean, I, I love, I like the college football playoff as it does. I'm not saying I hate it. I'm saying like an idea of an expanding can bring a lot more excitement to this, the the whole way of the postseason is run. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is, like, we're looking at the rankings right now. We've went over them. Um, Alabama's at one, Notre Dame two, Clemson followed by Ohio State, Texas A&M, Florida, Cincinnati, and Georgia. Those are the top eight. When you look at those teams, Joe, I know we've said this, there's there's a lot of competition in that yeah. top eight. Like, it's- we can see... Uh, we can see Obviously, Georgia has beat Bama before. That's an eight to one. That theoretically should be the biggest spread in difficulty as far and that like statistically, yeah, statistically, the eighth team should be the worst out of the eight, and the first team should be Georgia the, can beat Bama. We've seen yeah. it before, and that's that sh- the, that's the thing about even top ten teams. I mean, not spread to top ten because it'd be an odd number. So like there'd be teams who get buys and stuff like that, but, right? Or twelve, yeah. I mean that too, but I don't think Indiana could beat Alabama. But no, that, regardless, it, I mean there's it, yeah. been there's been teams at number twelve that could that could possibly beat the number one team. But regardless, I mean anybody in this top eight team, it's such a toss up for games. Even Cincinnati getting tossed in there, they're good this year. I feel like they could beat Notre Dame. Clem, I mean maybe not Clemson because Clemson is just a is just built different, as you could say. But you know, it and honestly. Expanding it makes it way more. I feel like will make a way more entertaining regular season because those teams who are you know just out of the top ten who are just like fighting for a bowl game at this point, you can now fight for those last two games that can push you into the top twelve or top eight if you want to expand it to those two spots. 
like I mean BYU. They might have lost, but they at 13. So if you expand to number 12, one more win, and they can get pushed back into that playoff spot. I feel like it could make the regular season a lot more interesting, especially with how these teams can play and how these teams are going to have to deal with losses. I feel like it will make losses a lot more important because, I mean, you have to go undefeated to go to get in the top four. But, I mean, with, that, with one loss, that means you can still get in the top 10. And I think it will make it so that those teams who, you know, have two losses are – can really are on the fence and they're just kind of fighting for a bowl game at this point now they can actually fight for a playoff spot yeah look if you look at like some of these teams like Cincinnati's going to be playing um Cincinnati would play they're Clemson gonna, they're going to play yeah theoretically no, not Clemson uh, Notre Dame theoretically they play Notre Dame I mean we've and I hate to say this but we've seen Notre Dame lose a first round of a playoff game pretty pretty handily against Clemson a couple years ago. A lot of fans said that they shouldn't be allowed in the playoff ever again after watching that. <laughs> so we've seen those type of games. They they might do that in a, in another one of these games. And now you've got Cincinnati strutting up there ready to play Clemson theoretically or Florida in, in the next round. So that, that makes what well, I like to see Cinderella story. We see it in March Madness. Now we can implement it into college football. We can let – and we can even let – these these teams that do so well, we've seen over the over the years. There's always the small division, run the table team that just doesn't make it, doesn't make the top four. Because it's hard to make the top four in college football. It really you is. have to be an elite team. How many programs are there in Division One in the United States, and you have to pick four of them? That's pretty crazy odds if that mm-hmm. to make that top four. And I mean, over the years, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, those. And then you would theoretically put yeah, Georgia the pa- in there. Yeah, the past five years, like you rarely, you rarely don't see it for the past five years. They're always Alabama in or Clemson, and I mean LSU before they were. I mean they've been in that conversation, probably not this year, obviously, or the next. But they, you rarely see anybody other than like five teams mm-hmm. in that conversation over the past like ten, twelve years. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's more kind of like they just have like the dynasty and they have the reputation to get those recruits, and you want to see those teams who maybe are there for the first time even if it's like the eight teams that could get an upset, that could kind of have that Cinderella story. And I feel like Cinderella stories you never hear about in college football because they're good teams to begin with. Exactly. Top, top four could be a toss-up before toss-up between whoever it is. And, I mean, at that point, you just got to think, we want to see somebody different because I'm kind of – I mean, I don't like – I'm bored of seeing Alabama and Clemson just duke it out for a national championship. Oh, yeah. I'm bored of seeing just those two teams because – it's just frustrating. I think I think everybody is. I think I mean that's what's so great about March Madness is every year. Yeah, there's someone. There's I mean Middle Tennessee. Whoever Ten- it is. I mean Middle Tennessee beating Middle Tennessee Middle- State beating Michigan State, State is a 15 seed, and then do what you ever Duke lost to as a two seed? I forgot who they lost to. Oh, um, I can't. I remember Wait. them losing to Wafford. Yeah, as Wafford. Th- at 14 Loyal, seed. Oh, uh, uh, no, no. Loyal Chica- Lo- 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 Chicago. They yeah, literally they made it in. to the Final Four. You can have so many different kind of... You could, Even as just like reporters or something like that, you would live for this because you can have so many different t- times where you can say Cinderella story or you can have just kind of coming from behind wind or something like that where it makes just playoffs so much more, so much better because you have that natural underdog that you want to root for because you're thinking... What a story would it be to have these guys go to the national championship? What a story would have these guys to have uh, Cincinnati beat Notre Dame mm-hmm. or like Cincinnati beat Alabama in the playoff? Like that would be insane. Yeah, Cincinnati would be the the team everybody would root for. They've played, and that's the thing is they've played great football. But the fact is, is 
I mean, I believe they're in the American the American Conference. How does that something compare? like that? Yeah, it, it doesn't. Whatever, I can't remember. I think I'm yeah. pretty. I sure mean, it's you can you can make the argument for like uh, different conferences and stuff like that, but yeah, because it's it's pretty obvious that the I don't, I don't want to say pretty obvious, but the SEC does definitely gets a little yeah. bit of leeway because, and I'm not saying like the the SEC should or has always been yeah. worse than the other conferences where they just, they still get in somehow. I'm not saying that the SEC always has such better football not necessarily on the field per se i think the big 10 doesn't get enough credit for how well they they play and i i don't want to say acc maybe i think the pac 12 and um should be up there a little bit as well but the mm-hmm. like those two comp like the sec there's always such good teams that the rap is it's always such amazing football and the reality is is like we don't want to see the sec championship as the college football playoff because it's been like that for a lot of years like Alabama um Auburn and then you bring in um I don't actually Auburn hasn't made the playoff but they've been haven't they've been it. in that they conversation haven't been in a while since like um what's his name Cam uh Cam Newton was like their quarterback yeah but, I mean still like I get what you're saying because like it's basically just like SEC, like a showdown in the playoffs because yeah, Georgia too. Normally, even if a team gets one or two losses in the SEC, they're such a good conference that they're just like, oh yeah, we can still squeeze them in at two, and people want to be annoyed about it. And it's like, I want to see different teams. I want to see teams who have never been there before that want to prove themselves yeah. to the world that they're worth, that they're the real deal. Yeah, because the the only time they're going to be able to to prove themselves is in a a, a bowl game in and, a bowl game and that's possibly against a, like a team who like they've never played before or just a team that's like not even very good and they'll be they'll roll them and people will be like oh it's just because like it's a bowl game so like it still doesn't matter like yeah they're, like they're sin- not be like good theoretically you look at this right now what would probably be um a marketing person's delight is you put cincinnati and byu together Two teams that are from sm- smaller conferences that played fantastic football and have some, have some star guys that can really really sling it. Those those two guys are or those two teams mark up that matchup really well. And then yeah. you have games like that. But or to me though, like here here's the point I'm trying to make across. With the top four, we we get to the playoff, and really it's like okay, so we're gonna see. The two teams win, and then we get the championship. Like, there's no really, there's nothing, there's nothing more like, oh, if Cle- like Clemson wins, okay, then they they because they, they, they did this this A and B better, or or Notre Dame wins, and you're like, okay, well they they've been a little bit better all season. There's no really like, there's no excitement factor, or shock factor. Really, yeah. unless you're rooting for them, you'll just or you'll, just a, the only thing you'll see is just good football. Exactly. Just like. You might see a come from behind wind or like a last second field goal or tight game, and that's an entertaining football nonetheless. Yeah. But it doesn't have that factor that a Cinderella game might yes. have. Just like bring it back to bring it back to March Madness. Yes, when you see when that opening round where it's a fifteen versus a two seed, you're on your seat because you've we've seen fifteens beat twos before, and we've mm-hmm. seen fourteens beat threes, and we've seen those upset games that are so exciting to watch and mm-hmm. just to see the reaction. Because anytime a team wins, there's always excitement because they move on. Because yeah. it's it's a dog pile at the front, at the middle of the court for those for those teams who barely made it into the tournament or that they are like the 15 seed and they knock off a big two seed and stuff like that and you want it that's a factor who that I've never felt watching college football playoff before and it's it's entertaining nonetheless 
But the one thing that I wish it was was just having that underdog factor or having that kind of on your seat factor of what could happen. Yeah, I think with implementing more teams, it gives more smaller conference teams that play really well that gives them a shot to be the Cinderella is yeah. basically what I'm saying. And they should get they should get that shot because like it's sad that to think that we might not see Cincinnati like really prove Ever. to who they could be. Yeah. Because they've just next, been, yeah, they've next just year been they ruining might, a small conference. Yeah, next year they might fall off or two years from now. And it's like, I don't know if even it'll kind of be like a UCF type of situation. Even if they go undefeated, they'll still be like top 10. They'll, yeah. they'll get to a bowl game, yeah. no doubt. But they every, won't really every get a college chance. football they fan really won't get to a, see. They really won't get a chance to prove themselves. And I think I think everybody hated UCF or yeah UCF when they were undefeated and they were saying, like, we want Bama and stuff. They'd get absolutely destroyed by Alabama but, but I mean, let's see it but let's let's, let's, let's show see them. it let's see if they can actually prove themselves exactly because I want to see it because you know they're talking all this talking all that and then we'll know can they back it up yeah and that's it, what I want to see before the people just or before like and like bring in the 18 playoff or the 12 team playoff that's what we can see in those situations is seeing those kind of games where they want that chance to prove themselves against a good team here it is you mm-hmm. do you and figure out if you're gonna be if you can actually ha- if you can run with the big boys is basically yes. what I'm saying. It'll give us the satisfaction to know the what ifs can almost be taken out of the picture. At this and it's point. not like we're lacking large bowl games that aren't in the playoffs already. I mean, we got Sugar Bowl, Citrus Bowl, other bowls. <laughs> like I mean, I can't <laughs> really think bowl, of any Rose Bowl. Yeah, look, yeah, at least four. So it's not like we're at a shortage of like big like ones. Like you can use any other. Uh, New Year's Day bowls to do a playoff or anything like that. Yeah, there's six of them, like, so you go up to twelve if you wanted to do that. Which I'm there's I don't no know, I don't know about twelve, yeah. but I definitely no don't shortage. think sixteen. Sixteen will take no, too long. Sixteen will take way too long, yeah. and I think that's kind of where it'll draw out. And I don't think at the, the, the mo- way at do... the moment sixteen. I don't think Wisconsin can be Alabama. No. So I feel like at that point you're kind of like, yeah, I could see you're kind of stretching at that point, but yeah, I could see eight, top ten. Yeah. and give. Like, like yeah, the number one buys. Yeah, yeah. Eight and twelve, though, I feel like will be the sweet spot, especially because I think at that point, twelve might be able to get a win and really prove it to be a good game. But also, it'll, I feel like it'll do something pretty well. But yeah, it, it's a really interesting conversation. I know that they've talked about that for a long time, and it'll be continued to talk about. If so. anybody from the college football committee is listening, we want eight. <laughs> we want <laughs> we want more. credit. We want credit for when you. Uh, when okay. you actually I don't implement think this. I don't think we're the first ones to bring up this idea. No, but we are. Hey, if we got credit, that'd be fun. Um, no, we are. We moving are on first. now um, to the professional level. We haven't actually talked about our fantasy teams for a hot minute. Yeah, and a hot minute. It's been it's been a minute in our in our collaboration league with our friends at Worthmore Studios and Bulldog Radio and Front Row Sports. It's been a fun it's been a fun experience in this league. Um, this is pretty much any last gas for the playoffs will happen over the next. 24 hours as it starts next week. Um, it's been pretty interesting. Um, I'm looking on track. I knock on the on wood right now that I'll be winning my ninth game of the season. Thank you, Joe. Uh, and moving on to the playoffs. Um, looks like Joe's going to end up with a win. I'm try- I'm- I, I don't think I'm going to be able to make the playoffs because I think I'm, I'm going to move to... depends on how Sean does because I'm going to move to six and seven. Yeah, but and Sean, I think is like eight and five. He's so seven there's no. Five. I don't think there's going to be a chance for me. Also, I didn't really pay attention too much last week. <sighs> I forgot to check my teams, and I think I kept Larry Fitzgerald in or something like that. And you benched Darren Waller. Yep, and I. Oof. 
just a lot of stuff that happened that I yeah. was not paying attention for. Oh no! I mean, this this is the thing about like us. We're so, we're a lot of busy guys, so fantasy. I mean, it's funny that we yeah. talk about fantasy or we talk about football literally every every Monday. Yeah, every other time every other like, day, basically. Oh shoot! Did I check my fantasy lineup? Oh snap! But it's kind of funny how that happens. But um, this league. I mean, this league's been fun. And I'm. Uh, how many times have we seen upsets over the last couple of weeks, especially now that playoffs are coming? Mm-hmm. How much did we talk about um Kyle's team? The first three weeks of the season, gonna probably run the table, and now he's six and six, and probably gonna barely squeak into the last playoff spot. Um, assuming if he can beat Ryan this week, which that one is gonna be down to the wire right now, um, depending on the Monday games. Um, Molly Robert got two wins on the season. That was pretty exciting for her. I mean, it's two big upsets. Um, Barrett Jones, sorry, but sorry, Barrett, sorry, Barrett. <laughs> it's been a rough go around for him and Travis, I should say. Bad drafts, a lot of injuries. Uh, I I don't want to say bad drafts. I mean they both had auto pick. Auto picks often stink for drafts. So unless you have strategy made up, um, but there's a lot. I mean Hunter Morrison. Um, when basically when we had this league kind of, um, semi-established last year, it was only like an eight-team league with like me and some of the um like Hunter and some of the other guys. Uh, Hunter was the top one in the league last year, and I think I was second. But um, seeing like how the adding more people and how the it changes you can go yeah. from high to low really quick in the i mean span 12, of the year. 12 man leagues especially it's like there's so much toss-up because you can have like a you literally can only get like maybe a big name player and then you just got to get like role players at that point because mm-hmm. i mean rarely can you get like i mean patrick mahomes and like a tyreek hill on the same team because you know that no matter who is gonna that first round is gonna be a pretty big First and second round when you're going for choosing is going to be pretty um, kind of throwing a wrench in it. Basically, everybody's plans depending on who it picks. But rare, like rarely ever does your kind of plans go through to fruition. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been a part of 12-team leagues, and then I've been our 10-team leagues. I've been a part of an 8-team league this year. My goodness, it's like literally you can pick up. God, you can literally, I swear, it's, it's so weird because you can literally go to the waiver wire and it's like, oh, Kenny Galladay's on the waiver wire. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? He would be snatched up in a hot yeah. minute. Right? He would be snatched up instantly in a 12-team league. Or in a, like, It's just insane to like... Yeah. It's- just like the difference of like how many people like you can have and just stuff like that. But And just like the, the planning and the strategic uh, mindset that you have to have for a 12-man league is pretty yeah. interesting. And drafts are huge. I mean, it doesn't seem like it at first because it's like, yeah, you can always change players and make trades. But really, the draft... The draft gives you foundations for mm-hmm. everything. And I usually mean, that's like who's solidified. Like, yeah, like maybe some teams might want to get like some guys might or some guys and girls might want to get like one player and they'll trade away for that. But usually at the draft, that's who you that's who you kind of roll with for the whole year. Yeah, it's 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 crazy because like I mean, ESPN does this thing, um our league is through ESPN, if you didn't know by the way, um which has been a pretty good platform. I've tried a lot of different ones, and um, ESPN seems like it's the most... pretty. It's pretty easy to use too. Yeah, it's especially very easy for to when use. like you just got a quick go on there. Like, yeah, like I have a I have a dynasty league on um, Sleeper, which is a kind of a new that thing. Those like those platforms are so in depth, and I and I have a dynasty league, so obviously you got to worry about draft picks, um, fab money, all that sort of stuff. So it's really like the more in depth fantasy football experience, more like a GM. So it that stuff though. That stuff is like really complex, but ESPN's pretty solid. But um, not plugging them for an advertisement or anything. But like, <laughs> you look back at um the the sponsors ESPN. <laughs> yes, that would be so nice. Um, looking like they always do this um fantasy trends final standing projections based on draft day, and like it's so crazy to see like a lot of these 
a lot of these teams like change and then there's some that don't at all like um i had the i had the best draft according to espn right now i'm second like because johnny yonker darn johnny he's still ahead of me in the league so he's probably gonna finish first um he is first in in this projection but then you got guys like hunter who had the second best draft injuries happen um I mean, uh, maybe one bad trade goes yeah. through and now he's ninth. Like that literally can show you how much like it, anything can change. And yeah. the draft is important because it does make or break you because some bad picks like last or last year, I had a league where I drafted Saquon Barkley and then followed it up with Antonio Brown. <laughs> I still barely squeaked into the playoff, but without your first two picks on the Goodness gracious, that was hard. But yeah. um, anyway, drafts even, are really important. Yeah. So even so, just like it's cool. I mean, just for like the basis of fantasy football, just to kind of see like you get uh, barely a glimpse into what actual GMs have to do, and like you get, what, a, you and, get like, a glimpse, yeah. And like it's easy for us to make trades because we can just be like, oh, I'll trade you this person for this person. But like GMs actually have to think about like money, like culture, culture, future. coaching, yep. and stuff like that, and how that's gonna fit in. And like we can just be like, oh, they're gonna play good this week, so I want them. Yeah, pretty, it's, it's crazy to see. It seems a little bit in depth to think about that just from fantasy football, but it's cool like just to kind of get a glimpse to see how tough those jobs actually are and to see like how much unknowns go into that rather than just people playing fantasy football and think, Oh, I could oh I could do a GM's job because I go <laughs> undefeated in fantasy football. Sure, sure. Sure, yeah, it's easy. More, it's it's a, more to that. It's an easy job, really. I mean it's <laughs> I don't understand how guys position. just can't I'll probably get it out of college, honestly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that would be <laughs> going straight to the <laughs> that would imagine. be that would just be the headline of the year. Fantasy football five-time champion G- Joe Nagy lands job with the Detroit Lions at Junior. Anyway, anyways, but I think that's probably a good time to kind of jump into actual uh, NFL football. Yeah. I'll start off Saints and Falcons. That was a pretty good one. Saints clinched their playoff spot um, with the Bears' loss and their win against the Falcons. That was, that was honestly a pretty close game to watch at the end because Falcons were kind of going down, and then they ended up stopping them on the fourth, fourth down to basically quench their hopes of getting a win so that was a pretty good one to watch but um Taysom Hill he's been a guy who's pretty surprisingly been able to hold down the fort uh in Drew Brees absence yeah I mean the Saints did they did a great job uh, of capitalizing on a lot of the mistakes from the Falcons I mean the, the roughing the passer and then um Hill goes next play 43 yards pretty much sets down a, a pretty much sets up a touchdown at that you definitely you definitely know once Drew Brees retires they're gonna like keep Taysom Hill for like a max contract or something like that. Yeah. He's, he's going to be the next guy. So what's going to happen with Jameis then? That's going to be... That's gonna he's going to stay a backup. Is he? Or is he going to try to go somewhere else? Like I'll tell you what. This is a little off topic, but if I was to be a backup... If I was to choose a job in the NFL, it's to be a backup quarterback. My job security is pretty much locked. I get paid millions of dollars just to hang out at practice and sit on the sidelines well i mean you still gotta be you're well still I, you got you gotta get ready obviously but like you would have like not a lot of unless you're in the game you don't really have a lot of pressure on you that is true. but that was kind of a side note anyways yeah i mean hey anyways backup backup positions you need them because i'll probably get out of college <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness um anyways anyways yeah. i mean hey you back up behind drew Brees. who else would want to do that and learn from drew Brees? so i mean yeah, I mean, Taysom Hill's been great. I mean, he had 232 yards, two t- passing touchdowns, which is something that you don't really see that. You seen. don't really see that too much. So, I mean, he 230 had, yards as well. Yeah, and he had 83 yards. Um, It kind of, I mean, especially for my fantasy team, we were just talking about Alvin Kamara. I mean, Captain Kamara, 
we're we're really standing together. Rolling. But I mean, he's kind of been he had his touchdown last, so I'm not too mad because he's not putting up his 30 points a game numbers like I was used to. So, but he's still getting the t- he's still got the touchdown. So it's definitely a different offense though with Kamara and uh-huh. Taysom Hill. It's a lot different of a scheme. McMurray's in there a lot more because they like to they like to pound it between the tackles and move it outside with Taysom Hill. So it's it's kind of a cool it's kind of a cool way to changed the offense it gives it's given a lot of the defensive coordinators a lot a lot to think about because i mean we've seen a lot it's of a, times it's a defensive coordinator's nightmare basically because yeah you got to go from drew Brees to Taysom hill it's a much different dynamic of an offense so um big big win for the saints regardless how well you yeah. played you still clinched the playoff which or playoff spot especially in this new format always fun to do so yeah it's a good it's a good time to be a saints fan um but one team that I mean, they should have they should have won that game, but they almost lost it. But um, yeah, one team that lost it. I can't wait to talk about this. The Lions. Hey yo, we won another football game. Yes, <laughs> thirty four to thirty over the Bears. It was pretty much a fantastic game overall. For Come them. from behind win. Yeah, Matt Stafford marches down the field in the fourth quarter. Adrian Peterson is just pounding up the middle, gets the job done. There's nothing more you can ask as a Lions fan. They're just really doing what they need to do. Super Bowl bound. Um, you know, it's Lions are just doing doing what they need to do. Also, Chicago Bears suck. Fraudulent. <laughs> They're the worst team, probably. Most overrated team this year. Uh, I said what I said. Hate the Bears. But regardless, Lions got the job done. Very happy with it. Matthew Stafford, 27-42. 402 yards. That's incredible. Three TDs, one interception. So not the greatest uh but Mr. Trubisky um did what he did uh disappointed everybody 26 for 34 267 he wasn't terrible though disappointed the whole Chicago Bears fan base the though. Bears defense played terrible oh in yeah the fourth quarter. that was probably what disappointed the whole Chicago Bears defense yeah they they couldn't Chicago Bears they could base. not stop us in the fourth quarter I don't know what no. happened from... Adrian Peterson just kind of somehow flipped a switch at the end and we we're just getting like four or five yards of carry each time on that final drive and it was just yeah because those chunk plays really helped and he also um surpassed Jim Taylor for most rushing TDs against the Bears. Kind of fun fact there for you. But, um, I mean, the Bears' offense didn't play bad, and that's something that usually we don't say a lot because usually they've been pretty bad. I mean, Montgomery had 72 yards, two touchdowns. Patterson's great. I mean, he's been a he's mm-hmm. been a, a weapon for them, especially on kickoffs. I mean, the opening kickoff, you know, I was afraid he was about to take that one to the house on the opening. I was like, oh, boy, yeah. we're in we're a world of trouble. But, you gotta give our, you gotta give our offense credit. We showed up in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. It was a struggle um, for we most parts of the game. Four guys over fifty yards receiving too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TJ. Okay, I'm gonna say that TJ Hawkinson is a TJ Hawkinson pleasant the, surprise. He should be the say that. top NFC tight end in the league this year. He has been consistent. He's been reliable. He's been a force to be reckoned with, to say the least. And he just compare that with Marvin Jones too had a really good game yesterday and Matt Stafford was just throwing dimes too so yeah and I mean we we released Marvin Hall before this game was happening I think a lot of people were kind of like wait he's been on our start why would we release him but the reality is is they want to see more Quintez Cephas because they really like Cephas and he had a touchdown in this game on that Uh beautiful deep touchdown pass for Matt Stafford holy cow that was beautiful and he had 402 yards I mean Matt Matt was great uh Bears defense what I, happened? I don't know what happened because, I mean, it just seemed like there were times where, it, like, later in the game, you're just like, why are they calling 
what are they doing? Like, there was just some bad defensive play calls, gave us guys wide open. Is Khalil Mack out? I thought Mack played. Did he not? I don't know. Oh. I, will, I, I didn't I really, just, I I didn't really see s- anything throughout the whole game about him, but I'll yeah, look it up. Yeah, I only quick. got to see a, a, a couple portions of this game because I was at a career fair. Knock, knock. Um, shout out to CMU Smack for making that event so cool. But um, it it was a really like I I watched like the last and I'm like, oh my goodness, we just strip sack Trubisky and we're about to win this game. And um, there was one stat that I thought was really interesting. Shout out to my man Steven, um, who sent me this. Who is a Bears fan, unfortunately. Um, he sent uh an a graphic that there's only been one game that the Bears have scored in the third quarter. And that game was the Rams when they got blown out on Monday night. They've only scored in the third quarter one time this year. This whole year. And it was the only touchdown of the game. Yeah, that's some that's something that you gotta figure out. That what <laughs> what do you gotta do to change and kind of figure that out? Yeah. But one actually really cool thing I did see from this game was just to I feel like there's the difference of the players with Daryl Bevel compared to Matt Patricia. Because when they were about to win the game, all the guys were like jumping on Daryl Bevel, kind of like congratulating him and stuff. And you could just, I feel like just the, just the mindset was a little bit different. I feel like, because I'm pretty sure that like the relationship that Matt Patricia had with the players wasn't the best. Um, yeah, it seemed like there was, I, I think Daryl Bevel probably has just a better, I don't know if he'll stay a head coach. He'll definitely probably, he'll obviously stay on the offensive coordinator. But if he goes to head coach, I feel like that's going to be a good spot because I think the guys really like him, and I think the the possibilities of having just a good team chemistry is on the is on the table right now, and that's just one thing that I just just wanted to point out because that was something that I, that I've seen that I haven't seen basically this whole year, which is the guys getting excited for the head coach for for a win and kind of actually being like the mindset just being a little bit better too. Yeah, everybody came into this game. You. Sh- you you should have picked the Bears. You should have picked the Bears coming. They were at home against the Lions team with a new head coach, an absolutely devastated, depleted defense, and you haven't won a football game in how long? You're you're basically due. Every- what happened? What happened? Exactly. I mean, Bears first straight seven. What is it? What was the stat line? It said first time for six straight first, losses. Yeah, first no seven straight. First time for seven straight losses since like two thousand three or something like that. Insane, man. And it came from the Lions. Yeah. Some music to my ears at that point. I mean, if we would have barely lost to the Bears twice when we should have beat them, I would have lost my absolute mind. But, oh, yeah. I would hey, have hated myself win. even more and for And guess Lions what? Fan. The Lions are only one game out of the seventh playoff spot in the NFL or NFC right now. So, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there is a chance the Lions can make the playoffs. I'm not going to get your guys' hopes up. But just saying, I gotta knock on wood real quick. There is a possible, yeah, Joe. Knock on that wood real quick. Yeah, you got you got a little too excited right there for a second. I mean, might I'm have, excited because might have, might it's just the Lions us. got a chance. But have, I, hey, knock on wood a reset. Bit. But uh, one game that surprised me, um, not the final outcome, but how this game started. The Browns and Titans. Where in the world was that Baker what? Mayfield man? They like the last. What what happened to him and who has replaced this man? Because holy cow, he looked like a fantastic quarterback. Especially in the beginning part of the game, I mean, he had like four touchdowns in the first half. Come on, man! They that offense was rolling. Go out to a thirty-eight to seven lead at halftime. Where was this Cleveland Browns team? I don't know, but boy, they looked really good. And um, 
and I'm not going I'm not going to sit up here and say that the the Titans are are fraudulent. They're not fraudulent and they're they've proven that to us. I might have said that earlier this year, but after watching this game, they like even though they lost, they actually still proved to me that they're not fraudulent cuz they they had everything going wrong for them. Henry had a disastrous start and they still clawed their way back to have a chance in this game and Frankly, just ran out of time. That's really yeah. what happened. I mean, they get they got the touchdown with twenty. I'm like, pretty sure twenty eight seconds left, and they couldn't they couldn't capitalize just because. I'm pretty sure I got it wrong. The the choice at least because oh I, I, got I it did wrong. not think the Cleveland Browns were going to go nine and three this year. But no, not the way Baker they've been. Was they've been surprising me and a lot of other people. But a good thing that I saw that kind of made me pretty happy was Donovan Peoples Jones got a touchdown. The Michigan he did. man, beautiful route. Yeah, broke receiver. Where, where's that man's ankles at? Sheesh. Who knows, dude? I mean, but DPJ was great. I mean, I the the Browns yeah. offense just looked great. Yeah, and yeah, they were kind of gone in the the second yeah. half, but that should be something exciting for the B- Browns to see that you can pull out these mm-hmm. these little these little sections of fantastic offensive football. So, um defense was a little bit scary in the second half cuz Tennessee fought their way back, but they're 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 a yeah, gritty second team. half second half Tennessee really really just controlled the whole game, but I mean, with a big first half like the the, the Browns had, I, it's tough to come back from that. Yeah, it, it, it's really hard to come back. And they, they got really close. You got to shout out for their effort. They yeah, didn't, lost by a touchdown. Yeah, they I didn't mean, fold. They didn't just roll especially over and say, down oh, when you're whatever. Especially when you're down 38-7 to seven at the start of the half, and then you come back and only let them score three points the second, whole second half. That's very impressive. Yeah, if... I mean the the Browns obviously have had some some depth issues with corner and um those did get exploited in the second half but um there it's definitely a cool situation I mean hey Browns fans you can celebrate this team now clinching a or clinching a winning season that's something you haven't been able to say in a long long time yeah especially so, especially when it was just <laughs> they joined the 0 16 0 16 yes. team that was the low after that low club, point that you're was, back. but now you're back. You're clawing your way back. But another really good game and a pretty close game as well. Jacksonville and Minnesota went to OT. Minnesota won up by a field goal, and honestly, it was a pretty close game. Minnesota didn't really play super great, especially against the one and eleven Jacksonville. Should have played better, but nonetheless, Vikings get the dub. Yeah, um, the people out there. Stop dissing Mike Clennon. The man is balling right now. It's kind of crazy is to he say a third that. Third string. Uh, yeah, he's the third string right now. And yeah, look what, what he's doing. doing. Twenty-eight um, for forty-two. I mean, as a third string, that's to throw it that much and to be trusted that much by your offensive coordinator, and your yeah. head coach. That's pretty. That's pretty impressive. And to go two eighty, one TD. Interceptions. Yeah. Interceptions are expected from backups. I will say that because you I know, mean he had to force them back into the game. Yeah. basically when those interceptions Inter- happen. So anytime, anytime backups or third strings come in, you know that interceptions are going to happen. You just don't know when, and you can you can probably bet that there's going to be more than one just because that that shock of just being in the game and kind of not having that pressure on you like you usually. I mean, having practice pressure is not the same as game pressure, especially so. For what for him coming in with situations more than more than exceeded those, yeah, I think I mean the worst case I mean the funny thing about this game that we basically had a, a Seattle Arizona situation goes down to the end of the four or pretty much the end of the fourth quarter, and then you have a one miss field goal, and then the other team gets it down the field and another miss field goal, <laughs> so it was just it was just crazy how yeah. that happened. And then Dan Bailey hits it from 23 yards out. If he would have missed that, he might as well have left the team. So Minnesota yeah, NFL, now. NFL NFL coach shouldn't miss. 
I say this now because like I know I've yeah. never been in that situation, but yeah, obviously we, NFL kicker probably we shouldn't know, miss anything. Probably shouldn't miss anything hard. less than thirty yards of a field goal, but st- I mean it's still tough. Yeah, I mean as a kicker, like you're you're not talked about when you're hitting kicks, but if you're not kicking, well, you're, 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 you're gonna talked, get talked, you're talked about, about a lot. So. You you might have a you might have like a little like stat blip come up on the bottom of the screen that like oh he's hit like twenty in a row or something like that and then no, no. When I'll, whenever that happens you know he's gonna miss it oh yeah one, but he's as soon as it hard as soon as it left you're only you're only talked about if you are failing at your job you're never congr- you're barely ever congratulated but um, nonetheless Jaguars couldn't stop. Prime time, Kirk Cousins. He just put the team on his back. <laughs> no, no, stop. no, no. He didn't. Stop. Twenty-eight for no. forty-three though. Three hundred five, three TDs and an interception. Quit he, tricking yourself. I mean, Not Kirk Cousins time. just did what Kirk Cousins does, and that's just okay. That's be. I mean, that's the stat line for Kirk Cousins. It's hey, just, he's just being. But Dalvin him. Cook did some good stuff for my fantasy team. Three thirty-two carries on one hundred twenty yards on thirty-two carries, no touchdowns though. So that was kind of disappointing, but. He's, he's just being Kirk Cousins, man. Close game. Minnesota gets by by the skin of their teeth. So, what can you expect? It's Vikings. It's Vikings football. <laughs> it's what Kirk Cousins does. <laughs> hey, if I die, I die. That's just, that's just what it is. <laughs> All right, we should move on to a yeah, different move game. Move on to the next game. Um, the Jets and Raiders. Everyone's talking about this game. Um, just got word uh, from Schefter um, as I'm knocking stuff over in the studio. Um, Greg Williams has been fired. Yeah, defensive yeah. coordinator. Um, cause that last play was embarrassing. Um, what in your right mind? Um, if you guys didn't see this game, definitely go Google it. Like what in this, what happened in this game was just absolutely, if you're, if you have any sort of knowledge about football, you will just be like, what in the world happened on that last play jets defensively? They blitz seven guys and they have no safeties deep. They're basically in man to man coverage. What are you doing? That is the that is the worst. The worst. Why do you not? You have how much? You have less than ten seconds left, and the only thing they can do is throw the football deep. Why in the world are you playing man-to-man coverage and blitzing seven guys? You just gotta believe, Brandon. You just gotta believe. But I I I do say I will truly believe the Jets forgot they were supposed to be losing the game, so then that's why they let the Hail Mary happen. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's the, that's the thing. You either are tanking for a number one pick, or you just kind of fighting for your for your uh, fighting for your life, I guess. Fighting for your honor, I guess. Or you're you're just you're getting a pity win at that point. But yeah, I mean, for them, it was. A, I will say this: big loss because. I mean, if they do get a loss, it's kind of a toss up for Trevor Lawrence between them and Jacksonville, and I don't know if. Regardless, I don't even know if Trevor Lawrence will even want to go to one of those teams. So we'll probably, he'll probably return to college if if one of these two teams are on the ballot for number one pick. But, yeah, but Jets are looking for a defensive coordinator. Uh, put your links on LinkedIn, um, if NFL teams, if you need a defense coordinator. Greg Williams is now available. <laughs> so, uh, some other notable: uh, Miami beat Cincinnati. Um, wasn't pretty, so got the job done. Uh, yeah, 19-7. Uh, Texans almost pulled off the upset, but Colts shut the door 26 to 20. Good game uh, from Watson. I mean, he played his heart out, but Colts defense just proved yeah. good enough in the, yeah, you, in the second half. Uh, Houston, so. he, Deshaun Watson can play as good as he wants, but if his receivers and stuff like that don't work with him, it's going to be tough to, especially against the Colts defense and how good they are. It's, yeah. And I think um, 
we talked a little bit about who should replace Matt Trisha now in Detroit. And I think Darren Bevel is now making his case. Hey, I can yeah. be a hey, guy. Why you count me out? I, he probably, I, he probably won the game. He's like, why, games. why are we so bad? This isn't even that hard to win football games. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are we losing? Why are we like, losing? Like, I literally got my first win. Easy. I literally got my first win. Like, Matt Patricia sucks. Okay, get off the high horse a little bit. You almost <laughs> lost to the Chicago Bears for crying out loud. <laughs> anyway, um, I was talking about, we were talking about Eric Bieniemy being in Detroit. There's a really interesting thought that he could go to Houston because why not help a rebuilding team that has a pretty pretty solid defense? I mean, they're yeah. not they're and honestly a pretty they're strong, not terrible pretty strong core at the moment, like especially with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, they're not they're not terrible. They're in a better situation than the Lions, no doubt. Yeah. But they're probably going to have to get another running back. Yeah, uh, Duke's okay. Duke's in, Duke's a little inconsistent. Uh, David Johnson out of his prime a little bit. Yeah, sorry, David, but we haven't we haven't seen prime time you from Arizona in 2015, so we need to see that. Yeah, um, but I mean overall, I mean the the Texans they played their heart out, came out into the last play. Um, I saw um I can't remember the the corner off the top of my head. Go went over to console uh, Watson after the win. Mm-hmm. That was a really nice sportsmanship moment. Yeah, um, good yeah. good stuff to see. Yeah, both quarterbacks played well. I mean, Rivers had the overall better stat line. Yeah, uh, Watson was just trying to do. <laughs> I feel so. He's I feel trying so to do bad everything. for Deshaun Watson because right now it's like. For one, why do you trade D Hop? That makes no sense. Yeah, so Bill that's like, should have left that's like after that moment. That's like okay, like what do you like who is he gonna throw to now? He has no one to throw to. It's like you literally just threw away basically your, all your chance of having a winning season. But I mean, next game we can talk about Brandon is <laughs> it leaves me a little bit as dumbfounded as just right now is new the Giants beat the Seahawks. Colt McCoy. He won a game. He does what Colt McCoy does. Colt McCoy things. Let me tell you what he's bringing back Longhorn football. Okay. Let me tell you what. But what? How? Okay. How? Um, I don't. I know. We talked about there was absolutely no chance that Colt McCoy could win a football game, and he proved us wrong. I can tell. I can tell you that he really. He really proved us wrong. Well, I shouldn't say that. Here's the one thing that I I remember that I said on the show on Friday, and I remember saying it specifically. I said Wayne Gallman would have to run for like 150 yards to beat this team. He did run for 130. My number wasn't right, but it was pretty close. And what I meant by that was the Giants are going to have to establish the run game right off the get-go. And by doing that, it opens up play schemes. So now they're going to have to be a little bit more in tone in the box. And we know the Seattle defensive backs, they're... They can get they can get exploited sometimes. We saw earlier in the season where they they got torched sometimes, and the defense overall gave up 40, 35, 44 mm-hmm. points. It was those are the things that kind of the Seahawks have kind of struggled with. And I mean, defensively, Giants played so well. They played they played so well, and because or wait, yeah, the Giants offense played well for comparing with a third string. Wait, second string quarterback in Colt McCoy. Did somebody else play? I don't, I don't, think, I don't, I don't know. No one, no one else played. But I mean, early in the season, I don't think anybody else has played. But um, the Giants. I mean, Russell Wilson's just been. I, I, don't, I don't under twenty seven. There's been games where he's just simply fell flat. Is basically what, and that this game basically was. I mean, he he had two hundred sixty three yards, a touchdown. How do you lose that game? You outgain them in yards, passing yards, but the reality is the Giants just ran ran over the Seahawks is really what happened, and it's... it. it's, the thing is, though, it looks like 
the Seahawks should have won this game. When, like, you look at the actual team stats, like, Seattle was beating them in almost everything except yeah. for rushing yards. And the when you look th- at, like, when even when you look at penalties and fumbles lost, like, it was only one fumble, and it was basically the same amount of penalty yards. I mean, the Giants had... They had pressure when they needed it. I mean, yeah, they sacked, I mean, I they guess sacked Wilson big, five times. That's it's, a big thing. And, and Jabril Peppers also got a safety sack. Oh, hello. Jabril Peppers, well, big time, Man. Big time defensive plays. They got down the field, but when they were just out of the range, the, the Giants took care of it and stopped yeah. them on third down. That's and I guess, what I guess it's second half football, too, because New York, I mean, okay, they got a safety. I was not expecting to see that on the stat line, but I mean, outscored 5 0 in, in the first half and then. I mean, kind of turned on two touchdowns in the, in the third quarter. I think that's one of the big, probably the main reason why they actually did something pretty well. So yeah, it was it was a really nice it was a really nice game for the Giants because I think they're proven now that they should be the the front runner because a lot of for people the are NFC like, least. What? the Giants they're trash, but now look what they're doing. Yeah. Definitely definitely a turning point in looking within for the Seahawks to see what they got to change because. They're, they're that, still this, gonna make the this playoffs. type. Oh, they'll make the playoffs definitely, but that that type of football isn't gonna fly. Uh, next week with, well, they play the Jets, so I won't say next week. But the <laughs> week, but the that. week after, but the week after against Washington, that football is not going to fly. So you definitely, I feel like they're probably going to make a statement game against the Jets and probably blow them out. Does by this like, mean the Jets are going to be the ones? Because that- Russ is going to about it. But it's about to be. We're about to see dangerous. Is what we're going to about to see against oh, the Jets. And we don't want to see that if you're a Jets fan. After, especially it, after this week, you're already beaten. But uh, it might end up like the the Patriots Chargers score if. Danger Russ comes out. Yeah, that's a that's um, that's a man among yeah. boys when it comes to when it comes to quarterbacks. But uh, the Chargers um forgot they had a football game on Sunday. <laughs> they didn't show up. Yeah, they showed um, up. There's already thirty on the scoreboard. Yeah, it was forty five to zero. Um, forty five to zero. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, make sure that the mic's working. Yeah, make sure you guys heard me right. Um, because that is what the score was. Cam Newton. I I take back what I said uh um on Friday about um. Well, I've, I totally forgot. How Justin you, Herbert. I totally forgot his name for a second. Where I said they just been having a rough go of it, and Justin Herbert and the Chargers are actually good. They've just been not having <laughs> And that they were going to win this game oh, by a touchdown been, or they've two. They've been good. They've been good, but I kind of want to retract my Sunday. statement about how they were going to kind of give or beat the Patriots by, I think I said, two touchdowns. Can't take that back because uh, 45 to 0 kind of speaks a lot louder than what I just said. So. Yeah, but I mean, this is this is the the funniest thing that you can see about this is um, New England had 126 passing yards, <laughs> and they won a game by 45 points. <laughs> so that's just the greatest stat line ever. But the reality is, is Chargers because here's here's their possessions right here: miss field goal, punt, 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 blocked field goal at the end of the half. That resulted in a touchdown. That's just that's just heartbreaking yeah. right there. Pick, pick, punt. Turnover on downs, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. It was over basically once halftime hit because they were they were in. All right, fine. We're just gonna have to go for everything. We're go- they yeah. they literally had to go for every single. They they went for yeah, they went the, for the it. game. The game plan just gets thrown out the window, especially <laughs> once you go scoreless through three quarters. The fourth quarter is just like desperation for every play that you have. Like yeah, you, they, you gotta, they went for it on you gotta, their own fifteen yard. Line. You gotta go big because if you don't, like, there's no chance that you're. Oh, there's like, no you, chance. You like win. you gotta go for big plays. You can't take like those five, those five yard rushes, those four five yard rushes that are just like, just basically picking time off the clock, and they're just like f- those five minute. 
you can't have those five minute pose- time of possession on one drive. You got to make it so it's like a minute at the most, and then get your defense on the field, let them do the work. And especially, I mean, they just really sucked to the first three quarters, <laughs> and espe- and then once you get to the fourth, it's just like, all right, like we got to go big. Yeah, they they really stunk on Sunday, and I'm not ex- I'm not saying like they're. I mean, they're three and nine. They're they're still not there yet. But there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of potential. I mean, you just got Austin Eckler back. You got Keenan Allen. You got a lot of pieces. Give there. it, give it time. Give it they time. they have what it takes. But like I said, I'm going to retract my statement that I made Friday. Yeah, but and, don't uh, retract your statement about the Rams, my friend. I'm gonna contact, good pick in that. Oh yeah, good pick in that game. 38 yes, 28 over the Cardinals. Um, pretty. I'm pretty upset in the Cardinals, but um, I don't have attachment. I to think them, I was so. the lone pick of the Rams. You were the only one. the only one that picked. Yeah, the Rams that's right, Barrett and Travis. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we'll have to see how they respond on Friday. Um, but we'll see what happens. But I mean, it was just it Jared was, Goff did Jared Goff things. Thirty-seven for forty-seven. Yeah, three fifty-one. I mean, it's weird because he hasn't been. He hasn't been the former Jared. No, Goff. he has he's not. Been like a, he's been. Dude, a when I got him, on, yeah, when I got on my fantasy team, I was like, all right, sick. Like, I got a good quarterback. Like, because I wasn't able to. I was actually like the auto pick or whatever. So like, I was like, sick. I got a good quarterback, and he's just been. Him and the Rams have just been like. Up and down, but still up and down good everywhere. They're a good team, but they've just been all over the place so far. Yeah, I mean, it was run. It's kind of weird because you see the you see all the, the running backs for the Rams, and the fact is, is they they ran their way over the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday, and that's one of the big reasons. Yeah, they almost came out every on top. Jared Goff with a rushing touchdown. Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers both shared. T- yeah, both Akers, had a touchdown. Akers finally showed why he got drafted by by this Rams team. He's finally kind of showing what he can do uh, with those seventy two yards and a touchdown on the twenty one mm-hmm. carries. But yeah, Goff was doing golf things. I mean, when you got guys like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Von Jefferson, um, Josh Reynolds only had one catch. I was kind of surprised yeah. that he wasn't going to get more. But um, I mean, I mean, with Woods and Cup right there, that's tw- that's 18 catches on 20 targets. So really, yeah. it's hard not to throw to those guys all the I time. I mean, on the other side, DeAndre Hopkins was held to 50 yards receiving. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey so played well. That's a big. I mean, I knew that was going to happen because I knew they were going to put Jalen Ramsey on him, especially mm-hmm. after he held DK Metcalf to like. Yeah, I was really holding out for a revenge game anything. from Hopkins, and he he just didn't have enough. No, he he really didn't. And I mean, when Daniel's your leading receiver, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, when Dan Arnold's your leading receiver with 61 yards, I mean he had two TDs, but 61 yards nonetheless, that's less than ideal. For, when you, uh, when you got guys like Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, DeAndre Hopkins, and then when Fitz comes back, there's no reason you shouldn't have 300 yards receiving because those receivers are fantastic, especially at making mm-hmm. big plays. I mean we've seen it. Yeah, but the big difference was just the big difference was just that fourth quarter, 21 points from the Rams. That's just yeah. it's hard to compete with that. I mean Cardinals they did score 14, but 21 points nonetheless in a quarter is something else. Yeah, I think the, the the utilization of tight ends for um the Rams is something interesting to watch. I mean, Everett's kind of been the volume guy, um, but Higby's the guy that's gotten the most in the end zone. So, it, it, I mean, when you got all those pass catchers, there's no reason Jared Goff should have. There's there's no reason he shouldn't have the numbers that he's showing right now. I mean, he's got so many weapons. Um, I think the running game, really, what the run if you can if they can establish the running game, they're gonna be in good shape, and mm-hmm. they they they're gonna make the playoffs because their defense is good enough to hold teams down, especially enough to less... You can count on the Rams to hold a team under 30 points. On most... Obviously, you have bad, on most occasions, you have bad on most games occasions. sometimes. But, I mean, you look at what they've done over the season. I mean, they've they've put together some quality defensive games. I mean, the, the I mean, 
like literally last week the Niners they they only they only held them to twenty three points. It was just the offense stunk. Mm-hmm. I mean they hold they hold Arizona to twenty eight, Tampa Bay twenty four, Seattle sixteen, uh, Miami that was a bad week. That was a fluke fluke game. Hold tough the, time, tough time. Yeah, tough. hold the Bears to ten. Um, Niners again was kind of a fluky game. Hold Washington to ten, Giants to nine. And then Buffalo yeah, and Buffalo was the was only doing, only game. Yeah, when they were like basically on fire, like yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't lose. stop any. They they couldn't. They were literally going over. Yeah, that was everybody. Yeah, that was. They just been doing really well on the defensive yeah. side and holding holding teams down, especially in an offensive centered uh, NFL like today's NFL, where it's more offensive centered. Like holding teams under thirty points, especially against good teams, that's a really big accomplishment. And I think that they're they're they've been they've been doing pretty well for that too. But Next game, Eagle uh, fly, Eagles fly. Am I right? Packers beat them 30, 30 to sixteen. What? <laughs> uh, kind of knew that was gonna happen. Eagles were kind of fighting for that NFC East spot, but don't don't think that they're gonna be able to get it. Uh, yeah. Green Bay thirty six. Not much to really talk about. Um, Carson or Jalen Hurts though did get in the get start. Jalen did get Hurts. in the game, hundred nine yards and a TD. So good to see for him. But start him. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers start two, him two ninety five. Three touchdowns. Not much you can say about that. Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things. But Broncos and Chiefs, pretty easy to kind of figure out what was going to happen. A little bit closer of a game than I thought it was going to happen. But Chiefs 22-16. to 16. I mean. Rough game, but got it done. Yeah. Rough game, but got it done. Luckily, Denver Broncos didn't have to deal with a wide receiver for a quarterback. But we'll see. But Hey, there were some people that want Kendall Hinton back at quarterback. <laughs> Honestly, Drew Locke, Locke played. Drew Locke did not do very Oof, well. But That was rough. Tonight's two games. Uh. Washington and Steelers could Washington possibly upset the Steelers? Who knows? Could happen. Especially Sounds crazy, but especially it could after saying, especially after Friday's debate where me and Barrett were saying how Steelers really haven't played anyone too tough. Like they've their, their schedules haven't been super great. There's been games they've supposed to have lost against. You bring up, I, I know Dallas was a game that they should have definitely lost, but they somehow pulled that together. So there's a there's a legit possibility the way Washington has played if they can establish their offense early they're go- yeah. they can beat the Pittsburgh Steelers so yeah. watch out for that game Steelers nonetheless good team but we'll we'll see especially since yeah they, their their schedule hasn't really been super great but yep. next game Bills and Niners tonight that's the eight fifteen game Bills probably gonna roll yeah. I, I mean there's you yeah. don't think so. No, San Francisco has been very good. I mean, they obviously five and six, but what they've shown is their coach team. They they've been coached extremely well because they've put guys in off of injury reserve. Mm-hmm. They've been able to use team or team guys and put them into the game and be able to ex- execute really well. Their defense has been great. Richard Sherman has advocated about Robert Sala's play calling for a lot, and they've played well. I mean, they shut down the Rams last week. So yeah. That's something to be positive about. And one thing, Bills haven't been great yeah. on Monday Night Football. Bills, what Bills do have to do is one and eight since two thousand. Come, come in hard. Come just come and throw on the ball hard. Come in well mm-hmm. because they haven't been really. Be, they had the really hot start, like we've said. Then they slowed down. Then they started to get hot because everyone was thinking like, well, maybe this is like maybe they just had like a rough go of it. But then they started to get cold again. So they've just been really so so and kind of a. 50-50 team basically so it's it's definitely a toss-up for tonight's game but we'll see i think i do think bills might win probably maybe by a touchdown but 49ers, oh, i think it's gonna be close. 49ers are definitely gonna make it close they're they're not gonna go out sleeping but yeah and i picked pick the niners to to try to s- sneak a game in the, yeah. like, the week's record but <laughs> i think they can win this game yeah. that was the that was the most realistic definitely. upset i could see but um the ravens also play on tuesday night 805 weird starting time but um 
Could be an interesting yeah, game because Cowboys might figure it out. I mean, they're they're kind of they got to go. They're going to make playoffs. Got to go now. This is a game that you got to win. Yeah, so. you're definitely especially you where, where they're at in the NFC East. They have to start figuring stuff out because if yeah. not, they're also for the Ravens. Their too. hopes, their hopes in a depleted conference in a probably the best time that they're going to be able to get into the playoffs. This is the time now. But yeah, Ravens, if they do play pretty well, they haven't been playing as well as usual. But Cowboys, they do prove to be a pretty a promising promising chance of a win, especially with Andy Dalton being um, back. It'll be a tough game, but Lamar it is Lamar. Lamar's Lamar, so he'll definitely... Lamar is Lamar, and Lamar needs to be back to last year, Lamar. If the yeah, Baltimore MVP Lamar, good Lamar that can just basically put the team on his back and does what he does. So That is going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we, know we, we know we've been running a little bit over lately, and we've had some good discussions, so let us know if you guys like the 60-minute the episodes or you like the more in-depth 70-minute episodes. Let us know on our Twitter, at the MVSP. And Joe, as always, it's been a good day in the office. Always. Take care, everybody.